You are listening to a sermon from MCA Church. To learn more about our community, head online to mcachurch.ca. Thanks. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for, for sharing. Kendall, Dave, uh, Raven, letting us into your journey uh, today. Uh, I, I've been part of this class as well, so, I mean, I, I want to share a story, too. Uh, you know, we've been talking about these prayer walks, and so I have been praying for my, uh, for my uh, uh, neighborhood that I live in. And the thing is, when you start to, you know, normally I just walk my dog, and I, I'm not always necessarily praying for the people in my neighborhood, uh, but I have been the last couple weeks. And, and when you begin to pray for your neighborhood, you start to notice things. You notice people, you notice, uh, uh, you know, uh, needs, you, you, you almost plant roots there in a way that you can bring blessing, and that's the point, so I encourage you to do that. Uh, and so one of the things that I noticed actually yesterday when I was driving uh, was I, I noticed um, a kind of young teenager who was walking a- along the street, and it's as though, like normally I'd just drive by and be whatever, uh, but it was as though something in my heart just said, you need to pray for her. <laughs> Uh, and I, I just started praying that the Lord would encourage her to know that she is loved by the Father. And as I did, it's like something hit me. <laughs> like, she really needed to know that. <laughs> and so I prayed for her. And, 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 you know, in those moments, you're like, okay, do I, do I stop and tell her or not? Uh, and here's, here's the thing. <laughs> I didn't stop to tell her because I thought that'd be a little creepy. Uh, all right? <laughs> Maybe I should have. I don't know. Sometimes this journey of hearing God's voice, knowing what to do with it, we don't know what to do with it, but we're on the journey together. And I trust that the Lord encouraged her, and maybe if I see her again, I'll have the courage to do it without having to pull over my car. Roll. It's just, it was just been a weird situation, all right? And so, but hey, bless you. Really great to be here. My name's Keith. I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, I, a couple quick announcements before we get into the message uh, about things happening in kind of our family ministries area uh, a couple things that we want to let you know about. First, uh, we've got this really great uh, marriage course that's coming up in November. Uh, it's on November 18th to 19th. Uh, and so if you're married and you're like, you know what, everything's perfect, this isn't for you. Uh, and, and, so, uh, but, uh, and so anyone feel that right now? Everything's perfect, um, you know, up there. Yeah, way to go, uh, Peter. Yeah, sitting next to his wife. Uh, no, no, sorry, no. <laughs> Hey, we all need uh, to invest in our marriage, uh, and, and so we have got uh, uh, Family Life Canada. We partnered with them, and they're coming for a, kind of a Friday night and Saturday seminar. Let me encourage you to this if you're, uh, if you're married. Uh, it's, uh, the cost is $50. It includes your lunch, uh, but it's a real great time of investing in your life uh, together in the Lord, and sometimes that can be challenging. Uh, maybe you really feel that you need this. Maybe you're actually in a place where you know you need this. And so let me put that date on your calendar, October, uh, sorry, that's November 18th and 19th. I also want to let you know, if you have uh, youth-aged kids here, uh, uh, every year, uh, the youth ministry under uh, uh, Pastor Chris's guidance, they, they take some time to talk about sex and sexuality and, uh, and following Jesus and how all these things fit together, and they're really important things to talk about. And so we want to invite you as parents to come to a parent session uh, where you're going to hear a little bit about what the age-specific appropriateness of having this conversation is uh, and what we're going to be talking about. And also, we just want to help you as parents uh, to talk to your, your teenagers about sex and sexuality and, uh, and conversations on gender and, and how we navigate these things as people who are full of grace and wisdom in our world. Uh, and so I want to invite you to that. If your parents of grades 8 
to 12 students. Uh, you can uh, join uh, Chris uh, and a few others on October 13th uh, at 7 p.m. It's during the youth night, and so I just want to let you know about those two opportunities, and so it's great. Okay, switch gears here. I read a story uh, this last week uh, about a... Um, about a man who came forward for prayer after a, a, a Sunday service. Uh, and he came to the pastor and said, uh, can you please pray for my hearing? And so the pastor took his two hands and placed them on the man's ears and he began to pray for the, Lord's, or for, for the man's hearing. He began to pray that the Lord would intercede in his life, that he would bring healing. And, and when he was done praying, he, he said to the man, he said, how is your hearing now? And the man said, I don't know, it's at the courthouse on Tuesday. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Uh, and we, we've been journeying through a sermon series called Listening for God. Because we want to be people who grow in our ability to hear the Lord's voice in, in our life. And, and he speaks to us. And we've been learning some of the ways that he speaks, right? God, Jesus speaks to us through his word, through scripture. This is his word to us, right? He speaks to us through scripture. But he also speaks to us through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. He speaks in a personal manner. And this morning, I want to offer a few reflections about how he speaks to us through other people, because that's the third way he speaks, through other people. So I invite you to pray with me as we, as we begin. Jesus, you have invited us into a dynamic union with you, not static, not stale, but living and active. And so breathe on us by your Holy Spirit. We want to be people who, who know your voice in our life, to know what to pray for for people in our neighborhood, uh, to, to, to know the words to speak that encourage others, to, to know all manner of things that, that you desire for our lives. And so, Jesus, today may this be another step in us equipping ourselves as the body of Christ to be people who know your voice in our life as we seek to be a blessing for this city and the world beyond. And so we pray that you'd speak, Lord Jesus. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Okay, this morning, I, I want to simply draw our attention to five things that, uh, that, that kind of guide us in learning to hear or learning to listen for God through other people. So five things. And the first is really simple. The first is this, that, that other people, we, we need other people in order to hear God's voice more clearly in our lives. We need other people to hear God more clearly. If you're reading through the Old Testament, you, you come to this story uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 of the story of, of Samuel, who is a young boy who his, his life was dedicated to serving God in the tabernacle as a young boy. And as he lived in the tabernacle, he was mentored by, by Eli, who was uh, one of the priests at the time. And so let me read their story, uh, part of the story. Uh, it's in First uh, uh, Samuel chapter 3. It says this. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. 
And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, he was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go and lie down. Now, if my son did this twice, all right, I, as I'm sleeping, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little irritated at this point. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel, for, uh, so Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And then God spoke. See, there's a lot that could be said about this story, but, but the one simple thing I want to draw your attention to this morning is that, that Samuel needed help to recognize the voice of God in his life. Uh, he needed Eli to, to help uh, him pay attention to a God who, who actually speaks to us. And we need other people. We need other people in order to, to hear God's voice more clearly. Uh, and this can have different applications, right? So sometimes maybe we're, we're like Samuel, and, and we're young, and we, just, we, we don't know what God's voice sounds like. We don't know what, it, what he would say or, 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 or what tone he would speak or, or what manner of things he, he might speak to us. And we need a mentor. We need someone who, who, who understands what God has said and can lead us in listening for his voice in, in new ways or, or in the, for the first time. But also, if, if we've been following Jesus for, for a while and, and, we, and we know what his voice sounds like, even we need help to hear God's voice more clearly. For instance, uh, from time to time, I meet with a spiritual director. Uh, and his name is Jay. And so when I meet with Jay, uh, his, he has one single purpose. Uh, he's there to help me listen for what God is saying to me in my life at that point in time. I mean, because there's lots of things that are going on, right, in my life, in ministry, as, as a husband, as a father, as, as a pastor, uh, as someone who works and has responsibility. There's a lot going on. And Jay helps me pay attention to what God is saying in the midst of all of it. And so there was this one time I remember that I, I met with Jay, uh, and, uh, uh, and a few days previous, I had had uh, an argument with my wife, Gina. Now, I know Gina's sitting here. And so I want you to know, of course, it was one of those arguments where she was right, I was wrong, I just didn't know it yet. 
Uh, and uh, and it, that actually is probably true. I actually can't remember what we were arguing about. Gina can't either, right? Or maybe, yeah. Um. <laughs> so there's this course uh, in November. Uh, <laughs> um, bless you, bless you, my family, I love you. And so we, ha- we had this argument, in, uh, and I, to be honest, I was holding on to some resentment. I was, I was holding on to the bitter words that I had spoken. Um, and so I remember telling uh, this to Jay, and, and as he was helping me uh, navigate some of this stuff, he, he, I don't remember exactly how, what question he asked, but it sounded something like this. He said, Keith, do you believe that God wants the best for your marriage? And in my head, it's like, of course he does. I know he does. Of course he does. But when he asked the question, it's as though it sank into a different place in my life, in my heart. And I came to this realization that it's not simply, of course, God wants the best for my marriage. It was like God was saying, Keith, you need to pay attention to this now. Keith, this is the most important thing in your life right now. You need to address your resentment. You need to make amends. And Jay helped me hear what was most important to the Lord in my life at that moment, and it was my marriage. And so I went home and I, and I, I made amends. I, 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 I said I was sorry, and it was like this weight was lifted off of my back. And remember, one of the things we've been learning is that when, when we hear God's voice, when we hear him speak, he brings life. And it's what I experienced. Sometimes we need other people. We need them to help us hear God's voice more clearly. Gordon Smith says in his book, The Voice of Jesus, he says this, each of us can hear the voice of Jesus, yet we are able to listen only if we are women and men who live in dynamic community with others who challenge and encourage us. We do not walk this journey alone. Other people help us hear God's voice more clearly. And now God can speak through anyone, right? right? He, he can speak through, through, through non-believers and through believers alike, right? He can, he can speak to us. He can get our attention through both uh, if we're paying attention to him. But what I want to focus your attention on is, is that, that as people in the journey of faith, we need other Christian people in our lives who, who know the voice of the Father and, and are, are willing to help us hear it in our own lives, that they're willing to challenge and encourage us. We need people who know the voice of Jesus helping us hear the voice of Jesus in our own lives. And now I realize that it's Thanksgiving today, and, and maybe you're here because you're visiting Aunt Sally, right? You're from out of town, you're visiting Aunt Sally, and that's the only reason that you came to church this morning. She insisted on it. <laughs> and maybe you would never really come to a church other than for Aunt Sally, and so bless you. I, I, I understand the seat you're sitting in right now. Well, maybe I don't fully understand it, but... And maybe you're thinking, okay, this guy is a nut job because he's standing up front and he's talking about hearing God's voice in his head. Well, let me submit to you this morning that, that all of us have heard God's voice, including yourself, all of us have heard God's voice in our life. We just haven't recognized it to be God's voice. And here's why. Because when God speaks to us, he speaks more to our heart than he does to our ear. 
Right? We, we hear God's voice mostly in our heart. He stirs things in our heart. And we've all felt that stirring in our heart, all of us. Maybe for you, it, the stirring of your heart came in a moment of beauty. Right? Maybe watching a sunset or, or seeing a, a beautiful piece of art and your heart was stirred. That's the creator pointing to himself through creation. Or maybe for you, you felt this stirring in your heart when you served someone who was less fortunate than you. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. Maybe you've served at a, a, a soup kitchen this weekend or in past years, and, and as you have, you felt this stirring in your heart as though what you were doing is, is good and real and giving dignity to other human beings. And I want to suggest to you that that stirring in your heart is the voice of God telling you the kind of God that he is and what he loves to see his people do. For God in Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He's a God who serves, and he loves to see people serve. That stirring is God's voice. And, and so I'm convinced that all of us at one point or another, we have heard God's voice in our life. We just don't always recognize it to be his. And other people, they help us hear his voice more clearly. That's the first thing. Second, other people, they, they, they can give us a confidence that what we are hearing is actually from God and not from someone else or, or something else. Right? When we listen for God's voice through other people, it can give us confidence that we're hearing Jesus in our life and, and not something else. I remember a, a long while ago when I began ministry, uh, having a, a woman come up to me after a service one Sunday, and she was beaming. She was so excited to share this news with me. And she, she said, Keith, I'm so excited to tell you that, that, that God has told me to sell everything that I have and to buy a motor home to travel around the United States so I can preach the gospel at the campgrounds in those places. And I remember being like, wow, that's big. <laughs> and, and, and then I asked her, I said, so how do you know it's God's telling you to do that. And her smile faded slightly. And she said, well, God just told me, so I'm going to do it. And then I asked, well, who are the other people who have helped you discern that that is God's direction for your life? And by this point, her smile was completely gone. She wasn't expecting this kind of line of questioning from a man of faith. <laughs> and the point is, I, I had zero confidence the, the word she thought she heard from the Lord was from the Lord because she was the only authority discerning his voice in her life, especially on something so big. Gordon Smith, again, he says this. He says, one of our deepest needs is to have people in our lives who are in a position to ask us the hard questions when we think we know We've heard the voice of Jesus. <laughs> you see, other people, they, they can give us a great confidence if we listen for God through other people, through other Christian people particularly. We can have this great confidence that the word that we receive is, is either from him or it's from some other source. 
A number of weeks ago, we talked about there are many voices vying for our attention, right? We have our own inner voice that speaks independent of God. There's the voice of our culture. There's, there's the voice of the evil one that would love to see us destroyed. There, there are lots of voices. And so how do we know that, that, that what we think we are hearing, especially when it comes to something as big as discerning a, a move like that, how do we know it's God? Well, other people can help us. They can help give, ask the right questions so that we might have confidence to know that what we're hearing is from the Lord and not just our own well-intentioned but misguided thoughts or the thoughts of our culture or the evil one. When it comes to hearing God's voice, okay, so we've covered these, th- these three things now. When it comes to hearing God's voice, three things are necessary. We hear his voice in Scripture. We hear his voice through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, and we hear his voice through other people. They're like these three legs of a stool. And if we want to have any confidence in sitting on that stool, we need to have these three things working together, that what God is saying to us is in alignment and accordance with his will. It is what we are, we are hearing him say to us as we pray in our inner witness of our spirit, and that other people are part of the journey. <laughs> to affirm or to direct or to correct. You see, simply to sit on a stool with one leg, the leg of my own inner spirit, well, that's quite a balancing act. And it's not one to build your life on. We need other people to give us confidence that what we are hearing is actually from God and not something else. That's the second thing. Third, Other people help us hear God's words of wisdom. They help us hear his words of wisdom, particularly when we're making decisions. In Exodus chapter 18, we read the story of Moses and his father-in-law, Jethro. Now it's Thanksgiving, so I figured we needed an in-law story this morning. Am I right? Can I get an amen? Now, i got to behave myself because my father-in-law is sitting right here, so so i I got to watch out. In Exodus 18, Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, comes to town for a visit. Maybe it was Thanksgiving. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) He comes to town for a visit, and he's watching Moses go about his work. And and, and he watches Moses get up early in the morning. And and Moses' job, uh, you know, for that weekend and other times, he, he acted as judge over the people of God, meaning he settled their disputes. He gave them words of wisdom as to how to navigate life well in a way that honored God, glorified God, and cared for people. He was judge. And so uh, Jethro, the father-in-law, watches Moses. He's doing this from sunup to sundown. He's running himself ragged. He's he's working long hours in order to, to perform this function, to do this job. And meanwhile, all the people of God who had these disputes, they're waiting all day just to get a slice of Moses' time. And Jethro sees all of this. And he's got a word of advice for his son-in-law. Don't you love words of advice from your father-in-law or mother-in-law? Bless you, Ron. I'll I'll receive them later today. uh. But here's what Jethro says to his son-in-law, Moses. He says, listen now to me, and I will give you some advice. But then he says, and may God be with you. 
He's not simply trying to give just his own advice. He, he wants what he's about to say to align with God's heart, wisdom, and way. And he says, select capable men from all the people, people who are trustworthy, who, who fear God, who, have, uh, who, who hate dishonest gain, and then appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. And have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. And then he says, And if you do this, and God so commands, you will be able to stand the strain, and all the people will go home satisfied. Jethro says, hey, here's a little bit of advice, and, and, and you know what? If, if you do this, and this advice truly is God's way of wisdom for you, look, it's going to work. <laughs> he offers this uh, to, to, uh, to Moses as, as a way of helping him hear God's wisdom in his life. Proverbs 15, or 12, verse 15, it says, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. God speaks his wisdom to us through other people. He speaks his wisdom to us through others who are on the journey of faith of following Jesus. And so let me ask, and this might be a hard question, who are your people? Who are the people that are, are, are helping you hear God's voice more clearly in your life? Who are the people who are, who are helping give you confidence? They're willing to ask the hard questions that, that are giving you confidence that actually what you're hearing is God's voice and direction in your life. Who do you have in your life that's helping you hear the words of God's wisdom? We need other people to help us hear the voice of God more clearly. There's more. Here's the fourth thing. Other people help us hear God's words of correction. They help us see our blind spots. Other people help us see what God sees, but for some reason we can't quite see it ourselves. And the classic example of this is the story of King David and Nathan in 2 Samuel 12. Maybe you remember this story. King David has just done something uh, scandalous, evil, horrible. He's the king over Israel. He's the king over God's people, and he uses his position of power to sexually exploit Bathsheba. He sees her, and he takes her for himself. He, he takes what he wants. And now Bathsheba is, uh, is um, she's a married woman. And so what he does, this poses a problem for, for King David, and so what he does is he decides, to, uh, he, he decides to take her husband, who is a soldier in his army, and put him on the front lines of battle, because surely there he would be killed. And so David sexually exploits Bathsheba. He has her husband murdered, and he kind of goes about business as usual until Nathan comes into his palace chamber. And, and can you picture this, a powerful king who's done a very evil, evil thing. And Nathan comes and he tells him a story. He tells him a story about two men. One man is very rich, 
And he's got all of these sheep, so many sheep. And then there's another man who is poor, and he has one simple lamb. It's the baby lamb who he cares for and nurtures day and night. He loves this lamb. And then a traveler comes into town. And so the rich man, instead of preparing a meal from one of his sheep, he goes to the poor man, takes his beloved lamb, slaughters it, and prepares a meal for the traveler. And after David heard this story that Nathan told, he said, uh, the, the, the scripture tells us that David was outraged. He said, as surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for that lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. And then Nathan looked at David and said, you are that man. Whoa. Nathan confronted the powerful king in order to expose the sin that he was unwilling to see and unwilling to admit. He said, you're the rich man who, who took something away from many people and caused death. You're the man who should stand under judgment. See, sometimes we get in our own way. Sometimes we are the reason that we don't hear God's voice in our life. It could be because of our, our, our willful disobedience and the, the, the sin that we have in our life. And sometimes it's because we've got blind spots. We just don't, we don't see the things that other people see. We don't see ourselves the way God sees uh, us in all the fullness of who we are. And we need people to help us see more clearly, like Nathan did for Jonathan. Uh, a little while back uh, in my own life, uh, I had been invited to serve on a, 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 the board of a local nonprofit. Uh, and I was really excited to kind of give some of my, my volunteer time to, uh, to this nonprofit. Uh, I was excited to be uh, a representative there and, and, and to be praying and serving in this place and, uh, and being part of the vision that they have for the future. I was excited. And so I, I brought this opportunity to our board, the Mission Creek Alliance Church uh, board, because I wanted them to help me make a wise decision. And as they heard about my excitement for being on this, this board and they asked some questions, they gave me their full blessing. And as they gave me blessing to say yes to this opportunity, one of the board members, she said to me, Keith, do you think now is a good time in your life to take on another responsibility? And when I heard the question, the 40-year-old man inside of me says, of course I can. I can do anything. <laughs> I have no limits. <laughs> but as that questions sank in, into, into my being that evening, I came to the realization that I wanted to say yes to this opportunity more out of my own ambition than I did out of the invitation that Jesus was giving me. And so I said no. And as I did, I realized that uh, it created more space in my life to, 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 to pay attention to the opportunities that I had already said yes to, like my family, my wife, my kids, and serving people here at Mission Creek Alliance. And the point is that the board helped me see a blind spot of ambition that was standing in the way of feeling the freedom of God's invitation. 
We need other people. They help us see what we need to see, what God sees. That was the fourth thing. So fifth, this is the final thing. Other people help us hear God's personal word of encouragement. They help us hear his direct words of encouragement to us. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to know God's encouragement. Maybe you came here and and you felt like you were in a really difficult place, unloved, unlovable. You need to hear the voice of Jesus saying, you're my beloved. You're my child. Other people help us hear God's personal words of encouragement. This rang true for for my family uh, during a, a particular time in our life. Gene and I were newly married, and, 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 and we, were, we were going through something, not as a married couple. I've already shared that one. <laughs> we were going through something in our, in our life. And the only way that I can describe it is there was this, like, nine months of this dark cloud of despair that followed us wherever we went. And it was filled with anxieties and depression and, uh, and, uh, and, and just, just this malaise and sickness, and all these kinds of things, and, and it, was, it was a difficult time in our life. And one of the places that Gina would go to, to pray, to seek the Lord's encouragement, was the ocean, because we lived, uh, you know, in North Vancouver. And I remember one day going to work, uh, and, and, and the, the lead pastor at the church that I was serving at, Mark Peters, he, he came to me and said, Keith, I know you and Gina are going through something right now, and I've been praying for you. And the Lord's placed Psalm, or Isaiah 61, on my heart for you. And I wonder if, if it's God's encouragement to you today. And so I texted Gina right away, uh, uh, Isaiah 61, as she was sitting down at the ocean, <laughs> crying out to God in that very moment. And she read these words. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And to all who mourn, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. You see, God was speaking directly to both of our hearts through this word. And there was, there was one line in it particularly that grabbed Gina's attention and, and, and my attention, that we were transfixed on this one particular line. And it was God's promise of a joyous blessing. We had been living the last nine months in a dark cloud of despair, but this promise of a joyous blessing is what, what, what we clung to, particularly what Gina was clinging to. But God, what is your joyous blessing? It's what we want more than anything else. And it was about a day or two later that we found out that Gina was pregnant with our daughter, Sophia. And she's become the answer to our prayer our joyous blessing. 
Having received this promise, this news from God, that day started to blow away the cloud of despair in our lives. And Sophia was born, and we've received her as our joyous blessing from God. But here's the point. A faithful friend is praying. (laughs) He's lifting us before the Lord, and a scripture comes to mind. And he says, Keith, I know you're hurting, and so can I offer this to you? (laughs) May it be the Lord's voice in your life. And Gina receives it, crying out to God, sitting at the ocean where she meets with her heavenly Father, and it brings hope. (laughs) And the promise comes to fruition, the joyous blessing. Is that God? (laughs) You better believe it. It's how he speaks. God speaks through other people to bring his direct encouragement to our hearts. Church, we need other people. We need them to help us hear God's voice more clearly. We need them so that we can have confidence that what we're hearing is actually from God. We need them because they help speak his words of uh, of wisdom. They speak his words of correction. They help us see our blind spots, and they help us hear his his, um, encouragement in our lives. Our Christian friends are a big part uh, of helping us hear God's voice in our life. And you might be sitting there thinking, okay, Keith, this is all well and good, but, but to be honest, I need to tell you, Keith, that, that I don't have friends like that. Maybe for you, when you get together with your Christian friends, what you speak about most often is the weather or, or the sports or raising kids. We all want more, don't we? All of us want more than that. We want to be part of this life-giving community that that knows the voice of our God and is blessing and encouraging one another with it, don't we? we? We want to be part of something bigger, something greater. And here's the thing, church. You might not have a friend that helps you hear the voice of God in your life, but you can be that friend to someone else. You can be that friend to someone else. And maybe as you take steps to do that, something new in your friendship might start. And so here's the application. I actually have something specific that I want to invite you to uh, as we we seek to be a community of people who hear God's voice through our Christian friends. Here's what I want you to do. Why don't you think of one person right now, a friend of yours. Call them to mind. A friend that you have, someone you're close with, someone you know. Do you have their name in your mind? For this person, I want to invite you to pray for them. For the next five days, pray for them. Take five minutes. It's not too much. Five minutes to pray for them. Bring them before the Lord. Pray for specific things. And as you pray for them, pay attention to to the things that you feel stirring in your heart for them and write them down. Pay attention to the scriptures that come to your mind as you pray. Write them down and do it for five days. And here's then what I'm going to ask you to do. After the fifth day, call them. Send them a text. 
Don't simply tell them you're praying for them. Tell them what you were praying. And offer this word of Scripture, if you have one, you don't need to make it up. <laughs> offer if you have one. Offer a sentiment if you have one. And here's the thing. It might not change their life, but it might just kickstart something in your friendship that you have longed for for a long time. And that's listening for God together. Let's pray. Jesus, hmm. You love us. You love us so much that, that, that you actually want to live in this dynamic relationship with us, not a, not a static relationship, but one that is living and active and breathing. Jesus, your grace is beautiful. And so I pray, Lord, as we learn to be people who hear your voice in our life, that you would make us into a community that prays and pays attention and offers your life-giving words to others. Jesus, you are so good. And maybe... As we pray, maybe you're here this morning as an, and you need like a physical act that symbolizes your desire to hear God in greater measure in your life. And if you want to hear God in a greater measure, I just, pr I just ask that you would just hold out your hands in front of you with palms up like you're to receive something. I invite you to do that, and I just want a prayer, a prayer of blessing. Jesus, for those who are willing and those who are wanting, fill them afresh with your Spirit so that they might have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to the church. And Lord, in the days ahead as you fill them, may they just know your voice. It draws them into relationship. And Lord, for these who are willing, even in this moment, I pray <laughs> that you would increase the impact they have in our city for your kingdom and your glory so that these places would know your profound love. And Jesus, we're so thankful for all you've given us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.